There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's go. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us. Do what you do when you do, how you do when you do it, because you do it so well. You gave me clear instructions on where to take us this month. You wanted to announce to us at the end of the last quarter that it's time for us to live large. And now this month, Father, you want to make sure that who we are matches what you're about to do. And so we're excited and we're ready. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm ready, Lord. Come on. Come on, open a mouth and say it again. Say, I'm ready, Lord. Speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, as I've said, we just finished our series Living Large on Sunday which means to live wealthy and successful. We learned that that word wealthy comes from the Hebrew word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Every time we say that to one another, that's what we're speaking to one another, which is why... At Harvest Church, part of our culture, we don't just say hello to one another. We don't just say what's up, what's going on to one another. Part of our culture is we say shalom to one another. Why? Because every time we talk to one another, instead of tearing one another down, We want to build one another up. So when we say shalom, what we're literally telling somebody is that I command that there's nothing lacking in your life. I command there's nothing broken in your life. I command there's nothing lacking and that all is well. Matter of fact, you got to learn how to speak that over your own self. You got to learn how to say I am shalom because everything that follows your I am, it manifests. How do you know that, Bishop? Because the Bible tells this in Moses. He says, Moses, Moses asked the Lord, he says, Lord, Who shall I say uh, to the people your name is? In other words, we've been worshiping you and we called you the God of our fathers, but we don't know your name. Stop. In other words, we know what you do, but we don't know who you are. He said, what shall we call you? And you want to know what the Lord says? He says, you shall call me I am. It's a Hebrew phrase, a year, a share, a year, which means I'm going to prove who I am to be. What does that mean? When you say I am, what you're literally putting is God's stamp on whatever follows that. So when you say I am shalom, you're saying God said I am nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well, which means you got to be careful what follows your I am because you're putting God's stamp on it. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I need you to stop saying, I'm just so sad. What you're saying is God put his stamp on it. Stop saying, I'm just so depressed. Stop talking like that. You got to learn that whatever follows your I am, God is putting his stamp on it because you're signing his name to it because his name is I am. So whatever follows your I am, you're putting God's signature on it. And I need you to just go on and declare this. Say, I am blessed. Come on. I am favored. Come on, say it. Say, I'm the head and not the tail. Say, I am above and never beneath. Say, I am at the top and not at the bottom. Uh, say, I am winning. I am not losing. Say, this is the best time of my life in Jesus' name. Come on, release a praise right there that you get to put God's signature on whatever comes out of your mouth. Watch it. Shalom and successful. That's what it means to live large. So which not only am I shalom, but I'm also successful. And success, we learn in our series Living Large, it's different for every person. You cannot judge success based on cash, cars, and clothes because the reality is, is that what I'm created to do it's different than what you're created to do. I keep repeating this because this is so important because so many of you, you get caught up in the comparison game. And you literally begin comparing your life to somebody else's life. And you will think less of yours, more of theirs, or more of yours and less of theirs, not realizing y'all two different people. And since you are two different people, that means you're called to do two different sets of things. Which means if I start comparing me to somebody else, I will think God's not with me. Mm. I will think that God hasn't favored me. I will think I'm not shalom because I'm judging my success based on somebody else's life. You ain't Oprah, boo. You called to do your own thing. Y'all not hearing me? You, you're, not, you're not somebody on social media. You ain't TikToking. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You are created to do something very different than what other people are created to do which means watch me what you got to find out is why did God send me to the earth and then once I find that out I got to do it and I got to do it well and this is going to be the year where you're going to do what you were created to do and you're going to do it well this is not going to be a year where you're just going to work a job this is going to be a year where you live purpose y'all ain't saying nothing to me this is not just going to be a year where the alarm clock gets you up this is going to be a year where your purpose gets you up can I tell you I don't need my alarm clock why bishop because my purpose opens up my eyes y'all ain't talking to me I don't need an alarm clock to get me up because what I'm created to do, it motivates me. When other people say, how you keep going? How you keep working? How you doing this? How you doing that? It's because, baby, I'm successful at doing what I was created to do. This is what it means to live large. And so, watch me. When people ask you how you're living, make sure you respond correctly. I'm living large, especially during this time. With this coronavirus outbreak, I need you to watch what's coming out of your mouth because your words are framing your world. I need you to learn, watch me, how to say I'm living large, even if it don't feel like it. Your feelings will fool you, and you better be like the Lord. He calls things that be not as though they were. Can I get you to please open your mouth and say your first name and say you live in large. Come on. Matter of fact, let's, listen, let's practice what we learned. Say, I am living large. What'd you do? You just put God's signature on that. You just put God's stamp of approval on that. Open your mouth and say it again. Say, I am living large. And say, in every obstacle, say, it's becoming opportunity right now. So what? So what? So what? So we're starting a new series called A New Altitude. It's going to focus on words ending in ood, U-D-E. 
that affect our altitude. Watch me. One of my favorite sayings is that your attitude affects your altitude. But can I be honest with you? It's more than just your attitude. It is every ood that affects your altitude. What do you mean, Bishop? The suffix ood normally means to take action. Watch me. To do something. Watch me. To change something. You missed it. It means to do something. It means to change something. It means to take action. In Memphis, here's how we say it. Shake some, do some, move some. Y'all ain't saying that. In other words, every ood, watch me, affects your altitude because what you do determines what you possess. What you do determines how you live. What you do determines what your life looks like. Can I be honest with you? Many of y'all are waiting on something that's waiting on you. You missed me. I'm going to say it again so you can catch me. Many of you are waiting on something that, in fact, is waiting on you. There are things that are waiting on you that you've got to make sure you're in place and you are in position so that you're able to walk in what God has ordained. There are things that are waiting on you and you sitting back talking about, well, I'm waiting on this to happen. I'm waiting on that to happen. I'm waiting on this to happen. And that situation is saying, I, in fact, am waiting on you. So your ooze determine your altitude and there's a few changes in you that need to match what God's about to do I'm gonna say it again there's a few changes in you that need to match what God's about to do and as we enter the spring biblical Hebrew feast season I need you to hear me this is a supernatural season it is no uh, coincidence uh, coincidence rather that this coronavirus outbreak has happened when it has happened how do you know that bishop because if you study the bible you'll discover that there were plagues that were released right before the spring passover season right before the spring biblical feast what are you trying to tell me bishop i'm trying to tell you that this is more spiritual than it is natural I'm going to say it again to you, which is why you can't respond like a natural person. You got to respond like a spiritual person because this is more spiritual than it is natural. There's no coincidence that what's going on in the world is happening right before the time God said, but it's going to pass over my people. So watch, so watch. This is a supernatural time. I need you to open your mouth and say, this is a supernatural time. What, what does supernatural mean? Super means beyond. It, and natural means in the realm of what you and I can do. So supernatural means beyond the realm of what you and I can do. In other words, whenever we enter into a feast time, and I'll teach you more about it as we navigate through this series, whenever we enter into a feast time, it's literally referred to in the Bible as a kairos moment. See, in ancient Greek, there were two different words for time. Can I teach you for a moment? There were two different words for time. The first were chronos. Chronos is where we get our concept of chronological time. One, two, three. Chronological time. Chronos. But the ancient Greeks had a second word for time, which was kairos. And the way kairos worked is kairos, watch this, it wasn't chronological. One, two, three. Kairos was about a quality of time. What does that mean? You can have more quality time that's shorter than greater, watch me, than something that's great, or greater because it's longer. Let me see if I can say it another way. You can spend five minutes and it mean more with the right people than spending five years with the wrong people, y'all. 
Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You can have one 60-second conversation with the right person that does more for you than walking with somebody for 60 months. What are you trying to say? Whenever we enter into a feast season, God says, baby, this is about to be a Kairos moment, which means I'm about to make the time matter. So what are you telling me, Bishop? In living large, I told you it was your turn. Y'all better get ready because in a new altitude, I'm here to tell you it's your time. Y'all better give God a praise right there. In living large, the announcement was, it's your turn. But now you are entering into a Kairos moment where God says, I'm about to invade the earth. And it ain't just your turn, but baby, it's your time. Somebody give God glory right there. It's my time and my turn. It's my turn and my time. It's my time and my turn. It's my turn and my time. It's my time and my turn. It's my turn and my time. That's Bible. That's not just something that I'm saying to geek you up. It's literally the season of time we're about to step into. Within the next seven days, we'll be in the feast. You better hit me. Within the next seven days... We'll be in the feast, which means, watch this, and I'm going to teach you more about this as the series goes. It means that heaven says, I've set an appointment with y'all. And heaven says, I got you ready to let you know it's your turn. But like the man that had been next to the pool for 38 years, even though it was his turn, it wasn't his time until Jesus showed up. And when Jesus showed up, his turn and his time lined up. I'm going to tell somebody. Watch me. Your turn and your time have just lined up. Shut your mouth. Your turn and your time have just lined up. And you're about to see God do some things in April that are about to blow your natural blow your natural mind and I need you watch me the reason you can't walk in fear anxiety or panic is because it'll have you miss your time because you'll be out of position. You'll be out of placement. This is a supernatural time. I feel like preaching today. This is a supernatural time because it is the spring feast time. And I want to start by asking you a question. Here it is. Here's the first ood. What do you need to exclude? What do you need to exclude? X, that's prefix, E-X. It means out. Ood, got it? Remember, it means action, to change. So here's what exclude means. What do you need to put out of your life? <laughs> Ooh, y'all ain't talking. Who do you need to put out of your life? <laughs> Got it? Well, what do you need to exclude? I want to go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. And watch me. What am I doing? I'm getting you ready because in Exodus, we begin to see, watch me, we begin to see the origin of the spring Hebrew feast. You ready? So why are we starting in Exodus? <clears throat> because we're literally starting and when they time and their turn crossed. I'm going to say it again. We are starting and when their time and when their turn crossed, when they intersected. Let me prophesy to many of you, you're going to begin to have lots of deja vu over the next few days. For some of you, you've already been experiencing it. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what deja vu is. Deja vu according to the Hebrew Midrash, is when, watch me, it's when your natural experience intersects with your spiritual experience. What do you mean? The Bible says he's placed eternity in your heart, which means your spirit has already walked through everything you've ever been through. Mm. 
I'm going to say it again. This is why sometimes when you get in the middle of a mess and you watch me, you've never dealt with that specific mess before, but somehow you figure out how to handle it. And then when you look back, you're like, I don't even know how I figured that out. It's because God got you ready before you ever had a problem. God got you prepared before you ever had an issue. God walked you through it before you ever got to it. You got it? Here's deja vu. Deja vu is when my natural experience, one, two, three, chronos, intersects with my spiritual experience, kairos. When those two intersect, here's what you feel like. I feel like I've seen this before. I feel like I've been here before. I felt like I've done this before. That's because your spirit has been. You better hear me. Your spirit has been there. Your spirit has dealt with it. And that's why you're more than a conqueror. Why? Because I was able to handle it twice. Y'all ain't talking to me. That's why you're more than a conqueror. You beat it back then and you're about to beat it again. And I need you to remind yourself of who you are. I need you to say, I am living large. Say, I am going to a new altitude. So here it is, Exodus 4.1. Exodus 4.1. God, I feel like preaching. Exodus 4.1. Then Moses answered. Now, God, in the previous chapter, Moses has been taken from the river. He's taken from the river because all of the firstborn sons were supposed to be killed. Moses is sent down the river because the Bible says that they feared the Lord. And when they feared the Lord, even though the Pharaoh said, kill all the firstborn sons, they didn't. Moses is sent down the river. Moses is, ca- is, is, is captured, if you will. When Moses is captured, he's named Moses, Moshe in Hebrew, which means to draw out. Watch me. Which means to pull out. Why is that significant? Because he was pulled out of the river. But when they named him Moses, they were prophesying what he was going to do for his people. See, what you need to know is you need to know what your name means. Because every time somebody says that, they are prophesying, watch me, what you were sent to do. Y'all ain't hearing me. See, watch me. Every time your name is uttered, you weren't just named what you were named just to be named that. You were named that because God says, I'm giving you a hint at what I made you for. I'm giving you a hint at what I sent you for. Can I tell you what my name means? And now, this is just what my name means. Don't get mad at me. My first name means handsome. God is good. Y'all ain't saying that. My last name means overseer or bishop. My middle name, watch me, it means that's close to God. So y'all not hearing nothing, which means my name means a handsome bishop that's close to God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be braggadocious or that. I'm just telling you what my name means, which means every time somebody was saying my name, they were prophesying what I was sent to the earth to do. Don't take that the wrong way, y'all. Don't, don't start never me. I promise you, I'll fire back. I'll just tell you what, that's what they, I can't help that's what it means. I didn't name myself that. Watch me. Take this out. So they name him Moses, which means we're going to pull you out of the river, Moses, and we're about to give you a life. You're about to be exposed to a quality of life that's greater than what it would have been. Because one day you're going to have to know how to navigate. Watch me. Not just amongst the Hebrews, but amongst the Egyptians. I need you to hear me. Many of you, there's things you've been through that seemingly had no purpose yet. There's stuff you dealt with in your life that it didn't make sense why you dealt with it back then. See, Moses, he is in the uh, land of the Egyptians and walking amongst them. 
and with them for years because Moses years later he was going to return and when he returned after being in 40 years of exile after murdering an Egyptian when he returned, he was going to need access to Pharaoh. Well, he wasn't going to have access to Pharaoh unless they knew who he was. You're missing me. Which means Moses had to deal with some things, go through some things, be exposed to some things, because one day later he was going to need that experience. Mm. Need you to hear me. Which means, watch me, God has not allowed one moment of what you've been through to be wasted. I need you to open your mouth and say, I haven't wasted one minute. I have I know it doesn't make sense why you went through it yet, but baby, for most of y'all, come the month of April 2020, you're going to begin to see, that's why I went through that. That's why I went through that. That's why they left me. That's why they walked out on me. That's why they gave up on me. That's why that didn't work out. That's why that relationship failed. You're about to find out why. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm about to find out why. Yeah. God wasn't playing you. God wasn't treating you like you were no chump. God wasn't treating you like you were nobody. God says, I'm getting you ready for something, Moses, that you don't even know you need to get ready for. So they draw him out. When they draw him out, they name him Moses. But they were prophesying to him. They were prophesying to him that, Moses, you are literally going to be one that draws your people out. And so God visits him and starts to tell him, Moses, I'm going to use you. To go back, because I've heard the cries of my people. Which means, watch me, everybody look at me. God hears when we pray. Sometimes there's delay in the answer. Look at me, because the deliverer's not ready. See, the reason I need you to hear this is because you're going to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Watch me. I need you to be ready because somebody else needs you to be. Mm. You missed it. Moses wasn't ready. So because Moses wasn't ready, they had to wait. You better hear me. Which is why I need you to use your quarantine time to get yourself together, to get yourself ready. All this extra time you got, I need you to use it to make sure you're getting your education, getting your webinars, studying what you're supposed to. Don't just be sitting up eating carbohydrates, watching Netflix all day. I need you to make sure you're getting ready because God's about to use you. You're about to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. A city's been praying on harvest to get there. Y'all listen. All right? Now watch. Watch. Moses wasn't ready. And Moses delays his departure to go free his people. And here we are in Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1. After 40 years on the backside of a mountain, being a shepherd, leading people, it's a dirty job. It's a dirty job because sheep are dirty. Hear me. Leadership is dirty. It's dirty because you have to deal with the best of people and the worst of people at the same time. And you simultaneously have to be bleeding and leading. And you simultaneously have to move it forward when you got people around you trying to push it backward. Leadership is a dirty job. But I need you to open your mouth and say, but I got this. I need you to hear me. Every single mama, you got this. Every father, you got this. Every business owner, you got this. Every person that leads anything, you've got this. So Moses, uh, as God tells him what he's about to do, he says, Moses, you ready now? I'm about to send you back. I'm about to send you back. You have experience as an Egyptian, and now you have experience or one living amongst the Egyptians, and now you also have experience as a shepherd, as a leader. 
I'm about to send you back, Moses. And what you're about to do now is you are about to deliver my people. I heard their cry, and I'm not delaying anymore. So now we end up in Exodus 4.1. Then Moses answered, watch Moses. But behold, they will not believe me, nor listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Stop, Moses, how you know that? How do you know they're not going to believe you? You've never even spoken to many Hebrews. What in you makes you think they're not going to believe you? Here it is. Here's the first thing everybody needs to exclude. You need to exclude negaholism. It's the word negaholism. Some of y'all ain't alcoholics. You're a negaholic. You literally get drunk off of being negative. You literally off of being negative. Y'all ain't sitting under me. Got it? You're naturally negative. The first thing you need to exclude is negaholism. You're naturally negative. If somebody suggests something, you find everything wrong with it. Not to be constructive, just to tear it apart. You're not trying to make it better. You just want to tear it apart. You're not trying to come up with solutions. You're coming up with problems. You're not walking around saying, you know what? Things are going to work out. You're walking around saying, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm not really sure. Some of you, look at me, you are a negaholic. You, you, you judge alcoholics, but you don't need to be worried about them. You need to check your negaholism. You are negaholic. Moses was negative. Watch me. He was naturally negative. Everything about him was naturally negative. You say, let's go. Moses say, well, why is that? I don't know. You say, let's make it happen. Moses going, no, I don't know. How are we going to make it happen? And I want to see something. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 2. The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? Here's what I love about God. Is that God, watch me, and, and before I get to here though, how many of you can be honest that there's parts of you that, are, that have negaholism? It's just negative. You're just, just, just negative, just negative. I rebuke your negaholism. In fact, while you're in your quarantine, you need to just go to AA for negaholism. NA, <laughs> Negaholics Anonymous. But don't be anonymous. Say your name so you can get healed. Be real so you can get healed. Verse 2. The Lord said to him, dude, what's in your hand? I like God because God is like, I'm not even going to deal with your negaholism. See, watch me. Let me help some of you. Some of you spend your energy fighting the wrong fights. There, you are not responsible to change grown folk. And some of you, you spend your energy trying to change grown folk to get them to do this, to get them to do that. And you're using your energy for the wrong fight and for the wrong battle. God's like, I'm not using my energy to deal with your negaholism. You'll die like that if you choose not to change. But watch me. Moses, this is bigger than you. Watch me. I need everybody to open your mouth and say, this is bigger than me. You play a part in a much bigger puzzle that's going on, and you got to do your part. But let me, let me help you. If you choose not to do your part, I'm going to show you something in the Bible you ain't never seen in this chapter. Because watch me. Uh, the, the, the thought between God and Moses, they were always like this. And in most instances, they were. But Moses acted in such a way that God, in this chapter, he's like, I had enough of you. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, thank you for not giving up on me. Come on, I need you to type that on the screen. If you're in the building, say it. Say, Lord, thank you for not throwing in the towel on me. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff where you've been talking and doing all of this and God could have cut you off. But can you just give him three seconds of worship that he didn't? Come on, let's go. Three, two, one. He should have cut you off, could have cut you off, but he didn't.
He says to him, what's in your hand? He said, a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. Stop. What's a staff? It's a shepherd's staff. It's also sometimes referred to as a shepherd's crook. Now, check this out. Here's what he says. A shepherd's staff was used to do several things. It was used to discipline the sheep. It was used to go get sheep that had strayed off. It was used to fight off predators. It was used to act as an extension of the arm of the shepherd. Now, check this out. It represents the shepherd's experience. Look at me. It represents what the shepherd has overcome. It represents the lion and the bear that the shepherd has beaten. In other words, in a shepherd's staff is a shepherd's strength. Look at me. Because that's what he's already beaten. Look at me. Many of you, you should be immune to crisis because you didn't already beat a whole lot of them. You, you ought to be like chicken pox when it comes to crisis. You ought to be like, look, I ain't scared. Listen, I ain't never scared. There's a man that's 101 years old that I read about yesterday. He's a Spanish man, and he beat the 1918 Spanish flu, and he beat World War II, and he just beat coronavirus. He's 100 and one years old and they said that they didn't think he was going to make it but you know what I know that man had that man said you know what listen baby I'm immune to crisis I didn't already been through hell and I've already beaten it so what is this that's why David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defies the armies of the living God in essence he was saying man I already been through hell what the hell is this I'm not cussing hell it's a Greek herd uh, that comes from the word Gehenna, which means hot trash. In other words, what in the hot trash is this? Just to be clear, his staff was his experience. And when he threw it on the ground, his experience evolved and it became alive. But he was afraid of it. Question, what did you go through it for if when it's time to use it, you run? I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it slow so you catch it. What did you go through it for if when it's time to use it, you run? Moses starts running from his own experience. You didn't go through that rejection so that now you can act scared if somebody rejects you. You didn't go through that abandonment so that now if somebody abandons you, you're walking around talking about, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to do the same thing you did to overcome the last time somebody dropped you. Guess what there was after abandonment? Life. Moses runs from his own experience when his experience evolves and it's time to use it. Can I be very honest with you? Many people, watch me, you freeze up when it's time to use what you know. I like watching shows about plane crashes. And, and, and you said, Bishop, why in the world would you like watching shows about that? Because there's so many leadership lessons that are in there. Um, and you want to know the number one reason that planes crash? is because pilots forget their training when they need it most. Pilots, watch me, they know what they're supposed to do. They've been trained on what to do. Very infrequently was a plane crash caused because of a manufacturer's issue or a mechanical issue. Most plane crashes come because when the person needs to use their experience and what they've been through, when they need it most, they forget it. They don't do it. And can I be honest with you? Many of you, you are doing what Moses did. You are literally, God is like, okay, I'm about to use what you've been through. Ah! And you're running. 
Bishop, what do you mean I'm running? See, your run is in your silence. <laughs> your run is in your fear. Your run is in your anxiety, and your run is in your panic. But I need you to hear me. I rebuke your panic, I rebuke your anxiety, and I rebuke your fear. Why do you run? Because you got fear, anxiety, and panic. He ran when it was time to use what he'd been through. And I need you to hear me. Why go through it then? Why go through that bad relationship to only getting a new bad one? Did you catch that one? A new bad one. Got it? Watch me. Look, verse 4, but the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by its tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. In other words, he said, Moses, don't be afraid to use what you've been through. And for many of you, let me tell you where your, let me tell you where your debt freedom is, is in when you use what you've been through. Your story, watch this, is going to set somebody free. Your testimony is going to set somebody free. I need you not to be afraid of what you've been through. Watch me. Here's what it'll look like to you when it's time to use what you've been through. It'll look scary. It'll look like a snake. You missed it. It'll look like something that I ain't going to say that. That might come back to bite me. So what did God say? God said, man, you better grab that thing by the tail. And you better make it do what it do. I need everybody to open your mouth and say, I will not be afraid of what I've been through. Come on, open your mouth and say, I will not be afraid of my testimony. Let's keep going. Verse 5. Um, uh, look at this. He says uh, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now, verse 6. Again, the Lord said to him. Here, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing you need to exclude. Exclude disrespect. Can I be honest? Christians are very disrespectful. Not just naturally to leadership and to one another, but to God. What do you mean disrespectful? The Bible says, again, the Lord said to him, which means you ain't listening. The creator is talking to the created and the created is, watch me, in contest or contesting with the creator, which is disrespect. Moses just got invited to a whole nother level of life. He says, you've been on the back of this mountain. Don't nobody know you. You've been through stuff. And here's the truth. Moses, you didn't even murder somebody. You, you should have caught a case. Moses, you got a whole history. And I'm inviting you to be the deliverer of the people of Israel. Isn't this amazing? And Moses is like, many of you, hear me, you have to exclude your disrespect. Your disrespect comes in your questioning of your directive. Ooh, see how I got quiet right there, even in the building. <laughs> see, watch me. Again, the Lord said to him, every time the Lord has to repeat himself, you're wasting time. Not only for you, but for who you're about to be sent to. How many more people got to die because you talk too much? Yep. Yep, got quiet right there. Watch. He says, again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Go to the next part. <clears throat> Verse 7. Then God said, put your hand back in your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Verse 8. If they will not believe you, God said, well, listen to the first sign. They may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even the two signs, so listen to your voice. You'll take some water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Look at this. 
God says, I just gave you three ways to be sure that this is going to work. But remember, what's the first thing he needed to purge? Negaholism. Because he didn't purge that, watch Moses' response. Now, now remember, God gave him three ways. How many? Three. God has given you multiple ways to make it. Multiple ways to succeed. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Multiple ways to live large. Multiple ways to live at a new altitude. He's given you multiple ways. Watch Moses' response in verse 10. But Moses says, oh, my Lord, I'm not elegant. Man, you don't need to be elegant to work signs, eloquent to work signs. You missed it. The things God just told him to do don't involve him talking. But his response to God is about something God didn't bring up. Y'all are missing what I'm saying. Many times, a lot of your internal turmoil is about stuff God is like, what are you talking about? You ever been talking to somebody? I've had this happen a lot lately. You ever been talking to somebody, and when you're talking to them, they respond, and you're like, what are you talking about? Ain't nobody said nothing like that. That's what's going on right here with Moses and God. God is like, this dude, what? You can't speak. I told you to put your hand in your pocket. <laughs> I told you to go get some water and pour it on the ground. <laughs> I told you to throw your staff down. You're sitting here talking about you can't speak, which means, watch this, Moses. Watch this. Here's the real truth. Moses, 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 there's a lot in you that you need to exclude that's about to screw up your altitude. Okay, and I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm going to show you in a minute. So watch, watch this. He says, he says, he says, he says this. He says, but Moses said, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. That means persuasive. Either in the past or since you've spoken to your servant. Wait a minute. Duh. You just started talking to God in the last chapter. Watch me. Some of you expect certain things, watch me, that don't, aren't even realistic in their timetable. You, you missed what I just said. You're expecting, you just started coming to church two weeks ago. You just started serving in December. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You are expecting things that aren't even realistic to expect. You wouldn't expect it in any other case or circumstance. Moses is like, listen, uh, not in the past or since we've been talking for these few verses. Duh. He says, he says, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Uh, it's believed that Moses stuttered when he spoke. It's believed that when Moses spoke, there was something in Moses' speech that impaired how he spoke. And Moses took an issue over here. Watch me. And then brought it over here. So that's this issue that had nothing to do with him being a deliverer became the reason that he said he couldn't do it. Y'all missed me. This has nothing to do with what God told you to do. But you've brought it over here, and now you're using it as your excuse for why you can't do it. You're missing me. You keep bringing up stuff that God says, that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm trying to do. You keep talking about, but I don't have the right people. You don't need the right people for what you're about to do. But I don't have the right education. Baby, you got Google.com. You got all the education you need. 
but I don't have nobody supporting me. Support yourself. Pat yourself on the back. Tell yourself good job. Make it happen for you. You need to stop doing things just because you got co-signers. You need to learn how to personally guarantee your own stuff. You ready? He says, he says, I'm slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. Got it? Here's the, here's the next thing you need to exclude. You need to exclude low self-esteem. Self-esteem, how you view you. And low self-esteem, let me tell you how it comes out. Low self-esteem, let me tell you how you know people with low self-esteem. You ready? They're very arrogant. They're very prideful. They speak in absolutes all the time. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. You're arrogant because you feel bad about yourself. And you try to, watch this, project strength through arrogance. Project strength through pride. You and watch me, and it's a false projection because you're trying to convince you because you don't believe it. You know you're dealing with low self-esteem when you feel like you got to list out why you deserve to be in the room. You know you're dealing with low self-esteem. Y'all ain't talking to me. When you feel like, watch me, you have to show up and you have to turn everything into a contest. Everything a contest. Everything a fight. Every time you see somebody do something, I see you doing your little thing. Why you got to call somebody else's thing little? Because you're dealing with your own self-esteem issues. If you always got to walk up, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a ladies' man. You are weak and you got low self-esteem. Listen, my milkshake bring all the... You are weak and you got low self-esteem. Quit acting like a video girl. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. I, I'm feeling like it's a fifth Sunday. All right, watch me. You, watch me. We got to exclude low self-esteem. Now, here becomes, the, here becomes the, the, the trick. It's like, okay, so when is it low self-esteem and when is it, when is it, and when is it that I'm just trying to build my confidence? <clears throat> See, confidence and low self-esteem, all of that can be tricky sometimes because you can think that you're building yourself up by tearing other people down. See, good self-esteem, watch me, is confirmed, affirmed, watch me, independent of circumstances. Which means, even if you don't have that, baby, that didn't make me know how. Even if you don't have that relationship, well, that didn't make me know how. Even if you don't have that car, well, that didn't make me anyhow. Moses had low self-esteem, and you know he had low self-esteem because he tells the Lord, I'm not eloquent in speech. I don't speak well. I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. Got it? And so it comes out, watch me, he tries to act like he's being humble when really he's arrogant. You missed it. He's trying to act like he's being humble. And I'm going to show you in a moment, but really he's arrogant. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. <clears throat> verse, uh, verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? In other words, he's like, so Moses, you act like I didn't know. Everybody look at me. God knows your weaknesses and he still called you. You ain't hearing me. God knows what you struggle with and he still called you. I need you to just say this. Say he still wants me. Come on. Matter of fact, put one of your hands in the air, wave it like you do care, and say, he still wants me. The Lord said to him, who made your mouth? Who makes people mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Look at me. 
He says, Moses, not only do you, are you not eloquent in speech, but I made it so you're not that way. He says, Moses, not only are you slow in speech, Moses, but I made it that way because what I was going to call you to do, watch me, you didn't need that to do it. Some of you keep saying, I can't because you think what you don't have is what you need. And God says, that ain't what you need. I need you to know you are shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Everybody open your mouth and say, I got everything I need. So watch, look, <laughs> look, 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 look. He says, is it not I, the Lord? Here's the next thing you need to exclude. You ready? Exclude fake faith. <laughs> What's fake faith, Bishop? It's where you act like you believe the Lord, but your words and your actions betray you. <laughs> what, what do you mean? You say, I trust you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I know you're good. Lord, I know you're working away. Child, I'm just so scared. Your mouth betrays you. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I trust you. Now, I don't know about sowing. I can't sow. Moses, you're talking all this talk. What shall I say? What shall I, who shall I say sent me? You're talking all this talk. Oh, I am. Okay, all right, all that. But Moses, when it's time to get down to business, when it's time to make it happen, your faith is fake. Now, let's be honest. Um, if you've ever seen a counterfeit, <clears throat> you know, counterfeit, you know, designer bag or designer backpack or wallet or clothing or whatever, shoes, whatever. <coughs> It looks the same until you get up on it. And when you get up on it, how can I determine the fake? You ready? The details. The details reveal the fake. Look at me. For many of you, God wants you to use the time the world is in right now to check the details of your faith. Because if you check them details, it might not be Gucci. It might be Uchi. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It might not be Louis Vuitton. It might be Louis Vuitton, his cousin. <laughs> his cousin from Five Points. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That's a Denver place, all right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? <clears throat> Say, Lord, show me the details of my own faith. Because I don't need fake faith in this season. All right, all right, watch me, watch me. Bishop, how do you know he's got fake faith? Watch verse 12 and 13. Now, therefore, go. I'm going to be with you. What did God tell him? I'm going to be with you. Watch me. And I'm going to be, watch this. This is deep. Watch. I'm going to be with your mouth. And I'm going to teach you what to say. In other words, Moses, I know you have this struggle. I left this struggle so you'd have to depend on me. You missed it. For some of you, there's certain things, God, why ain't you changing? God says, that's what makes you pray. That's what makes you worship. That's what makes you serve. There's certain struggles. Sometimes God leaves and says, that's my insurance policy. To make sure you don't ever forget who your God is. Oh, can we just take about three seconds right there to just give him some glory all in, in the building and all online? What are you saying? I can give him glory because despite what I'm struggling with, God is like, I already know that and I'm going to be with you. So look, verse 13, he says, I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to tell you what to speak. Look at his response. 
Oh, Lord. It's on the screen. Please send somebody else. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. You just told me you're going to be with me, with my mouth, and you're going to teach me what to say. What does that mean? That when I speak, I won't have that issue. But I got to have faith. That when I'm not eloquent and persuasive, you're going to tell me what to say. Which means what was a struggle will become a strength. I need you to open your mouth and say that. Say, what was a struggle will become a strength. But watch this, y'all. We're about done. Watch this. But he says, Lord, just send somebody else. Here's the next thing you need to exclude. Talking back. <laughs> you got to exclude talking back. Because, because watch me. After God makes all these promises, his fake faith makes him talk back. Can I be honest with you? Fake faith is always seen because it's always giving reasons why something can't be done. And I need you to say, I'm in a supernatural season. Come on, say it. Say, I'm in a supernatural season. Now watch verse 14. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Uh-oh, here it goes. about to turn. About for these next four minutes, it's about to get dirty. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He's like, are you serious? We didn't been through all of this. Your staff on the ground, your hand in your cloak, the water, getting it from the Nile, pouring it on the ground. I just told you I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to turn what was your struggle into your strength, and I'm going to make you persuasive. When you speak Moses, they can't, they're not going to be able to resist you. And now you still talking? This mess? Everybody look at me. I got a question. What do you need to exclude? I got a question. What is the same thing God is having to deal with you again this year that he dealt with you about last year? I need you to lift one of your hands and say, that's over today. Come on, speak it up. Because God is tired of having the same conversations. Not because he's tired, literally, but he's like, the more you keep talking back to me, the more people's lives you're not impacting like you're supposed to. The more you keep talking back to me, you're already supposed to be on your way back to Egypt to set the people free, Moses, but you keep flapping your mouth. Hush! I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, hush, 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 hush. So the anger of the Lord is kindled against Moses. Here's the next thing we got to exclude. Excuses. God gets angry with him. He gets angry with him not because of his mistakes, but because of his mouth. You missed it. Not because of his mistakes, but because of his mouth. Every parent, you can attest to the fact that you can, your kids can get away with some stuff. But for some of you, your issue with your kids, stay mouth. Because when they needed to just hush and sat down somewhere, they kept running their mouth. And you were ready to let it go. And then you heard their mouth. Then you got up from that table. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And all of a sudden, what was supposed to be a nice family quarantine dinner, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, turned into WWE Smackdown. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Watch. Look. <clears throat> then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Say, Lord, please don't be angry. And I need you to catch this. God was angry not because Moses made mistakes, but because Moses kept including what needed to be excluded. 
Are you catching that? You keep putting stuff in the basket that ain't on sale. <laughs> you keep putting stuff in there that God is like, oh, my God, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still dealing with this? After all these years, why are we still on the same subject? Watch me. He says, ain't your brother Aaron over there, the Levite? Well, he can speak good. <laughs> Look, Behold, he's coming to meet you. When he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You'll speak to him and you'll put the words in, uh, in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. God is like, okay, look, I, I, can't, I can't even. I can't. Watch me. What was originally a one-man job, watch me. Moses' mouth makes it a two-man job. Why is that significant? Because it creates issues in their family later. Y'all ain't hearing me. Now there's issues between Moses and Aaron and, uh, uh, and their sister. They have Miriam. They have issues now because Aaron had to be brought in somewhere he was never supposed to be. Some of you keep including people that have no business in the discussion. Y'all ain't talking to me. You keep bringing people that have no business in certain areas in those areas. Let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Watch. Watch. Uh, verse uh, uh, 16. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. He says, so you'll tell him what to do. I'll tell you what to do, Moses. And then, Moses, you tell him what to do. Can, is, is, does that work for you, Moses? <laughs> do we have a deal, Moses? Go down to verse 19. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt. Now, now, watch this. I'm skipping some verses for the sake of time. Verse 19. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. Y'all missed the shout. He says, Moses, it's not just your turn. Moses, it's your time. Because you outlived what was supposed to kill you. You outlived what was supposed to take you out and knock you down. And I need everybody on every digital campus to just lift your hands and just say, it's my turn and my time. He says, Moses, listen, everybody that wanted you dead is dead. Everybody that was telling you no is dead. <laughs> Watch me. Everybody that was shutting you down don't work there no more. Everybody that was trying to start issues don't have no power no more. The people that were trying to stir up trouble, they don't run nothing no more. I need some of you to hear me. Everything is in position. It's your time and your turn. But look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. What is he going back to Egypt for? To deliver the people. And I need you to watch this next verse because these next verses is about to rock your world. You ready? And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. Here's the next thing you need to exclude. You need to exclude delayed obedience. You need to exclude delayed obedience. Every time you delay to obey, you disobey. Every time you say, I'm praying about what you were told to do, you are in disobedience. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me right there. Let me move. All right, look at verse 21. <clears throat> and the Lord says to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I put in your power. Watch this. But I'm going to harden his heart. I'm going to harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Look at me. He says, Moses, when you go to Pharaoh, I'm telling you up front. He's going to say no. You want to know why he's going to say no, Moses? I'm going to tell him to say no. I'm going to harden his heart toward you. 
Verse 22. Then you're going to tell Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go so he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, I'll kill your firstborn son. God says, my people are my firstborn. You let my firstborn go or I'm going to kill your firstborn. But, but God is the reason that Pharaoh's going to say no. What are you trying to say? Our God is so powerful that the people who think they're playing you. Yeah, I'll let go talk. The people who think they're getting over on you. God is like, what you don't even understand is, baby, I'm running the chessboard. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I need you to just release this over your life. Say, my God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent, which means God says, baby, I'm on both sides of this thing, working this thing for your good. Look, now, it's about to get, about to get a little confusing here. You ready? Verse 24. So Moses, they're finally starting their journey. Moses there's all these things we've learned he needs to exclude that he included. Open your mouth and say, Lord, show me the things I need to exclude and no longer include. Now, I've given you several, but watch this twist. Because Moses, all of Moses' inclusions that should have been exclusions. Remember when the verse said, and the Lord was angry with him? Now, here's the thing you need to know about God. Please listen to me. God loves you. Say he loves me. He gives you grace, say he gives me grace. He gives me mercy, say he gives me mercy. But God will fire you and not tell you. Y'all got quiet right there. What do you mean he'll, he'll fire me and not tell me? Because this whole time, God is like, you know, Moses, all of this talking back and all of this foolery you doing, you know, since you brought Aaron in and he gonna do the talking maybe what was meant for you I'll just give it to him y'all better catch me because Moses since you're fighting me so tough to do what it is that I've created you to do maybe I'll give in to what you want and not let you do it y'all ain't saying nothing Bishop, how do you know that? Look at the verse on the screen. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Ooh, it got quiet in the room. Watch me. What you won't exclude may get you excluded. I'm going to say it again. Who you won't exclude might get you excluded. Is that relationship more important than God? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Is that money more important than God? Is that job more important than God? Is you feeling like you got the upper hand more important than God? Because what you won't exclude might get you excluded. It's quiet up in here. I need y'all at home. I need you to just say, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. The Bible says that God seeks an opportunity. To say, you know what, Moses? You know what? You complain all night. That's all you do is complain. You know what? I'm thinking about giving you what you do. I'm thinking about giving you what you said. I'm thinking, and notice what Moses had to deal with later with the people. He dealt with people that did the same thing he did to God. Woo 
God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I need you to lift both of your hands and say, Lord, don't exclude me. Don't exclude me. Don't. Come on, I need you to cry out in your house, on your job, wherever you're at. I need you to open your mouth and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, do not exclude me. The old song used to say, do not pass me by. Don't exclude me because of what I didn't exclude. Father, we ask for forgiveness tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Let me finish this. Verse 25. That's deep. You ain't never seen that. He ain't never seen that. Verse 25. Watch me. He almost got kicked off program. He almost got terminated. His lease almost didn't get extended. Y'all ain't said that to me. But you better be grateful. Watch me. That God gave you another chance. I feel like preaching right through here. You better be grateful that God looked past all of your talking, looked past all of your uh, mess, looked past all of what you wouldn't exclude. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give him another chance. I'm going to give you some grace and some mercy. And I need you to open your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. You should have been dead and gone a long time ago, but he gave you grace and he gave you mercy. So look. Look, let's skip. Verse 25, Zephora took a flint, cut off her son's foreskin, touched Moses' feet with it, and says, surely you're a bridegroom of blood to me. Notice, the blood touched him, and when the blood touched him, death passed him. Hmm. Now, I ain't got time to open that thing up the way I want to, but, but I just need you to hear me. Listen, the blood that Jesus said is far greater then the blood Zephora took from her son's foreskin. What are you trying to say? I need you to hear me. That Watch me. That I need you not to be worried about what's happening in everybody else's house and what's happening in everybody else's blood. But as for you and your house, I need you to say, the blood covers me, it covers me, it covers me. Yeah. Verse 27, the Lord said to Aaron, go in the wilderness, meet Moses. So he went and met him in the mountain of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words, and the Lord, which he had sent him to speak, and all the signs that he commanded him to do. And then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words the Lord had spoken to Moses. So God speaks to Moses. Moses speaks to Aaron. <clears throat> that wasn't originally the intent. Which means, watch me, whenever you start adding people, you begin to cr create the potential for confusion. Because down the road, what ends up happening is that Aaron starts thinking he is Moses. Y'all better hear me. All because of what Moses wouldn't exclude. You missed it. Because of what Moses wouldn't exclude, it creates problems for him later. Bishop, why are you starting on April Fool's Day? <laughs> why are you starting this series asking us the question, what do we need to exclude? Because what you don't exclude at the beginning might tear up the end. What you don't shut down now might shut you down later. But I need you to make this declaration and say, this is still... <laughs> going to be the best year of my life. Say, this is still going to be the best decade of my life. So here it is, verse 29. Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. He did exactly what he was told to do, finally. Y'all ready for verse 31? Can I get you to read it with me? It's on the screen. And the people believed. His negaholism told them they wouldn't. What you're so negative about ain't even going to happen. 
I'm going to say it again. What you're so negative about isn't even going to happen. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction. See, Moses was concerned that he wasn't persuasive. They didn't need to be persuaded. Why? When they heard that the Lord heard them, the Bible says they bowed their heads and they worshiped. In other words, watch me. When Moses finally excluded what needed to be excluded, now the people are ready to make their exodus. When you exclude properly, you watch me, you can exit Egypt properly. Mm. When you exclude properly, you can exit depression properly. You can exit uh, debt properly. You can exit a strained relationship with Jesus properly. Whatever you're struggling with is not because, watch me, is not because of anything other than what you have yet to exclude. So here's the prayer. Everybody say this and say, Father, in Jesus' name, show me clearly what I need to exclude from myself. In Jesus' name, make me a doer of this word, not just a hearer of this word. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.